to be honest. Great. Yeah. So people either hate or love a push. I love a push. <laughs> I love a push because I feel like I'm always rushing and yeah. then, I'm like, then I don't get to breathe. And then when someone pushes, a second, yeah, I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. True. True. Same. Yep. Oh my God. Well, welcome to female apartments from nineties movies. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited too. Truly. I need to know why you pick serendipity. I'm oh my so gosh. Good. Why didn't I pick serendipity? Oh, wow. Um, I, and you know what? I feel like I've encountered a lot of people. I've, I've experienced some really polarizing opinions on this movie. Wow. For example, my very best friend, Brooke and my cousin, it's one of her least favorite movies, uh, for a bunch of reasons, which we'll go into, which are for that very, for those very reasons why it's one of my favorites. Um, I'm not typically a rom-com gal, right. uh, I would say actually pandemic has kind of changed that. I've really opened yeah. myself up to rom-coms and horror, like gory oh. horror. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to feel, you know, um, I just wanted to evoke something inside of my uh, crusted well, over Well, they're both like heart. opposite ends of the fantasy spectrum. Totally. Both completely totally. unrealistic. Yes, exactly. Like, right. I, I could watch The Purge in the comfort of my home knowing that that likely wouldn't happen. And yeah. I could watch- you know, serendipity, knowing that that likely wouldn't happen, though I feel like I met my partner in a very serendipitous way. But anyway, in a nutshell, to say why I chose this movie, I just I find it's the perfect balance of I believe their connection, which I think is imperative for a rom-com to work. You have to believe that I have to be able to envision them having sex and I can envision them making love and it being beautiful and passionate. Um, and that's important. And number two, uh, I think it's got the perfect hybrid of comedy meets heart which i think you it's a got a good ratio of both and magic yeah. comedy heart magic <laughs> there is there is so much magic yes and i forgot how many comedic moments there are there's so and you've got molly shannon you've yeah. got i'm not a huge fan of jeremy piven as a human but you've right. got jeremy piven yes. as an actor has is very funny uh john cusack i mean kate yeah. beckinsale and they are so freaking funny together. Um, it's so funny. Molly Shannon's one of my favorite performers of all time, and she finds her way into every one of my favorite movies. And maybe that also contributes to my love of it. But I just, I buy their friendships to the leads, which is also, I feel like so often in rom-coms, the friend role is so haphazard and kind of phoned yeah. in. But I felt like all these supporting roles really had a purpose um, and had funny moments like you know just Molly Shannon got to kind of be her delightful delightful self and uh Jeremy Piven Jeremy Piven being this obituary writer 
for the New York Times actually led to like interesting kind of dark yeah Yeah. dark and like I'm like why was it just for that last obituary of John Cusack's character like is that you know what they might have started there and worked back they're like I want to have a really poetic you know like the seasons are changing John Cusack oh also a little fun fact when he's walking through the street in the last series sequence of the movie and he's Jeremy Piven's VOing his obituary out loud and he bundles himself up in his coat it was the summertime they were faking winter I am so glad you brought this up because I could not figure out what season it was I don't know if it we were supposed to know (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't any season because it was like very they were wearing spring attire they were wearing like spring jackets yeah but then they're ice skating it was right I watch it I watch it during Christmas time um I'm a newly a new Jew convert, but that doesn't matter. Christmas movies forever. Yeah. Um, I I watch it as a Christmas movie because they meet and it's around Christmas time. Yeah. And then we never really reference Christmas after that. But yes, I guess in the last scene, the last the last like third of the movie is supposed to be, they keep saying it's freezing out there. Put on a coat. And if you look at all the extras, they're all in like you know rollerblading and tankinis, and then they're in their yeah. coats. So um, yeah crazy but also okay also it's in new york city which i think almost all my favorite rom-coms are it's the best backdrop for a rom-com well there's something magical about new york like i do feel like anything can happen you can meet anybody (laughs) i'm here and i can tell you it's true (laughs) (laughs) just yesterday no just yesterday someone got hit by a subway so like very dark yeah any moment anyone could be hit by a subway and then but then I was like at that same moment like all these crazy amazing things are happening it's a very alive city in in so many ways like good bad you're just confronted you're just faced with it all on a daily basis yeah city of a million stories yeah yeah but that's so I think for backdrop for a rom-com right it feels especially for people looking for love or job or that are sort of lost it's such a city of potential so many backdrops for dates for dramatic sequences in the rain it's so romantic too like you can just like scoot in somewhere at any moment it starts raining you can scoot in somewhere it's a real scoot I love that so many nooks to scoot into so many so many little breakfast nooks and perfect for the holidays Uh, for a rom-com I think it's a perfect backdrop for, you know, let's go back to serendipity. They meet roller skating or not roller skating, <laughs> ice skating in, yeah, that'd be a, such a different movie. They're like oh, Saturday night Venice roller Beach, skating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're in Muscle Beach. I'd, I'd love to watch the sequel yeah, and it's too. all at Muscle Beach. Um, <laughs> the, no, they meet in the Central Park um, ice skating rink, which is super charming. I grew up right by Central Park um, and it's, you know, it's never that uh sparsely um it's usually so densely crowded that you're there's like, like five people there you know i'm like that's never what happened usually <laughs> ice skating at central park is like you all just sort of like slowly walk <laughs> next to each other <laughs> yeah you're like, you're, you basically link elbows with the person on either side of you and you all you can't see the ice there's so many humans but it's still romantic in its own way that you know what i also think rom-coms you get to experience New York in a way that you don't get to experience New York in real life because it's always way more crowded than it's. That's portrayed. so true. Right, you can actually see the place. 
I worry about anyone who moves to New York after watching a rom-com and they're like, that's yes. what it that's no, that's such a good point. I think, I, I think, okay. I kind of feel like I fell into oh. that trap and that I just moved there in September, not because of a rom-com, but have kind of built this foundation, have grown through adolescence into adulthood. I was here as a kid and then I left and now as an adult, I just assumed it would be all of those things, but yeah. you know, they don't talk about the winter in New York in rom-coms or they sort of no. glide past it. You know what it is? The winter is in the very quick season transition where the, in the montage blossoms, icicles, and now we're back at fall because exactly. fall's perfect in New York. Fall's beautiful. Rom-com or not, it's like temperate and orange and red and lush, um, but winter is yeah, it's in the montage. <laughs> Yeah, they leave it in the montage. I know there's like the rules of rom-coms are like, don't talk about the money and don't talk about the weather. Well, because if you talk about the money, there would be no Hallmark movies, right? There'd be no rom-coms because everyone would be giving up their large incomes to move to the country to, I don't know, survive off of forklift. One person's working. I love that rom-com. Hallmark movie, I feel like. Yeah. I know on Zillow, I like to look at where I could afford a home and for now, it is nowhere, but I think eventually <laughs> it will be anywhere but LA and New York. I could afford yeah. a home. LA um, is like for like a house that is decrepit and like falling apart and has like overrun by yep. ants, it's like $10 million. It's at least like 1.5. Yeah. Like it's like you got to be ready to gut that thing and spend another million five to. I, I was my, I follow a friend who's looking for a home and she follows this account that shows all of the listings of said decrepit homes and I had to mute it because it was I was like losing my rom-com spirit right like I was like oh at the, by this metric why do I need why would I work why would I work towards yeah. anything nothing's possible I know. Um, but I like to I have to live I have to sort of live in the abstract in the dream that I I'll be able to find a place with a nook for twelve dollars <laughs> Yeah, it's wild. Okay, what? Well, wait, they meet over the glove. I need to talk about the gloves. Yes, yes. Okay, so they meet at what I would guess is like a Bloomingdale's yeah. or Macy's. I don't know. It's, I think it's like three weeks till Christmas, you know, as it always does. It has like the flipping pages. Um, and they meet over a pair of cashmere black gloves. Right. Which again, years ago, when before I lived in New York, I thought, I would literally never want someone to get me cashmere black gloves. That's the last thing that is on right. my mind. And now that's a pretty nice gift. So, well, yeah, cashmere is very nice. If someone's not going to physically hold my hand all through the winter, I would like the warm touch of cashmere around my fingers. So yeah, I feel like that could be like an anxiety soother, just a cashmere glove. Yeah. You know what? Just one of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so they meet, so they both tug on either glove, but then okay. some other guy comes charging in. And yeah. they construct this sort of really elaborate story. Um, uh, and I remember looking back and being like, are they trans allies in this moment? Um, I know. I know. I don't think that they clunkily do that, actually. I think I, I think they try to explain that they're buying it for the same person who's transitioning. Um, right. I was waiting for cue inappropriate, out of date, awful joke. And yeah. I feel like that didn't come, but I feel like I've been revisiting so many movies and TV shows that are, you know, Sex in the City. So many shows that I think like handle uh, really anything in like 
LGBTQ plus in the queer space, like really badly and poorly. Um, and I felt like this, this was questionable, but I felt like, um, I felt like they didn't do too bad. They kind of like dodged it. Like they were, Mm -hmm. they were like teetering and then they didn't go there, which I was like, thank God. I was really glad, you know, like there's just a lot of movies that like I loved and I'm like, what, how did I, you know, love actually, I just rewatched and I was like, oh. It's just super like size phobic in it. It's very oh, strange. Yeah. Oh, right. Like, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. They're talking about the beautiful woman that works in the White House and they're like talking about, it was just so wild. But anyway, and that's a film that I loved, but now I'm sort of on the fence about, but it's another reason I think serendipity, I think it ages really well. And I think it, it does. It's, uh, it's very timeless. Well, yeah. what's funny to me about the gloves is that they're both arguing over a pair of black gloves that they have to have and there's like other gloves there's no like, other black gloves in the city no other, in bloomingdales and then there's like a red one there's like a white one there are other gloves in a different color i'm just like right right i guess to be fair to be fair and I, I totally see your argument for the last two weeks i've been wearing one black glove and one navy glove okay and i cannot explain to you how bad the navy glove feels <laughs> it's not it doesn't go with like the Navy. Also for me to be wearing two different colored gloves is very Oliver twist of me, but uh, (laughs) I, I do like the black glove. I think the black glove does have a timeless quality and kind of goes with everything much like the black beanie. True. Um, But, but I agree it is. And you know what? I, I redact what I said earlier. I think it was, I think the argument of the guy trying to steal the gloves is like, it's five days before Christmas. Where else am I going to get a pair of black gloves? Um, down the street i think right literally just go to other fake department store in this in this universe no so okay so then they still buy the gloves and then i what takes them do they go i feel like they just appear at serendipity it just cuts from them buying the gloves and then they're at which by the way have you been to serendipity okay so all i've wanted to do since seeing serendipity is go to serendipity and every time i've tried to go every time every time i've tried to go to serendipity the wait is a week and a half it's crazy i went to new york with my family um right before this film do you remember that movie one fine day with michelle pfeiffer and george clooney uh yes I do okay there's an ice there's a scene where they go and get ice cream they like take their kids to go get ice cream I had just seen that movie like had just come out and I saw that movie and we went to New York and I was like I want to find that I want to find an ice cream place like that I didn't know it was a real place and I like went oh you thought it was like a set yeah I thought it was a set and I like looked in photos because it was the 90s and I like looked up ice cream places and I found this and I took my family there and they were like, well, we actually were just filming another movie with John Cusack and called oh. Serendipity. And it's, I know. And it's going to be really, you know, we're probably going to be really busy after that because it's like named after the place. So I got in right in the nick of time. And then when I would go back Whoa. to New York, it was like a crazy line to get in. It is, I still haven't been inside even oh, it's because so it's like that weird superstition in me. I'd rather. Just keep, I think the move is to, if I happen to be on that part of town randomly in the middle, like on a, at 4 PM on a weekday, maybe pop in, but I don't want to go in until I can actually sit and enjoy it. I don't, I don't even want to see it yet. Um, 
but it also seems like a total racket, like $30 for totally. 12 scoops of ice cream that no one needs. Like, it seems like yeah. the most impractical thing to go to by yourself because yeah. no, unless you're like, uh, you know, in home alone and you're eating, wanting to eat all the sweets right. before your parents get back. Right. Um, unless you're a 12 year old boy lost in New York city. Exactly. Then it makes total sense. Right. Um, but I do love cake, so maybe I would enjoy, go enjoy. And I'm it's, I'm coming up on my thirtieth, so that would be a good. That would, that be, would be a really good. good, good I wonder if you can go. like rent it out. <laughs> okay, let's calm down. I can't even get an ant infested one bedroom in. Uh, may, maybe they'll let me use yes, the rest. You can uh, <laughs> in Wisconsin, certainly. Um, so, but yeah. So okay. So that yes, you're right. They sort of end up at serendipity, and then they go ice skating. Yeah, they go ice skate. Well, they go back because they're like, she has a boyfriend. I don't know if he says he has a girlfriend, but she says she has a boyfriend. And then she says how she believes in fate and serendipity and all this stuff. Right. Then they leave. And then they both come back because she left her gloves. Those goddamn gloves. Right. That's right. And so before they go back, so okay, so they go, oh, the ice skating's later. Thank you. That's right. Okay. Because that's they do another activity. Right. They, they go to say goodbye. Yeah. And he's like, you know, they're about to part ways uh, the first time they say goodbye. And he's like, my name's Jonathan. You know, I know we have uh, our partners, but suppose in another world, it doesn't work out. And, I, and yes, I do an amazing John Cusack. That was um, so good. And, and, um, and he's like, is there anything you want to say to me? And she's like, and she kisses him on the cheek and she goes, Merry Christmas, Jonathan. And he's like, for fuck's sake, just tell me your goddamn name. And then they leave exactly. and then they both realize the glove, which is okay, serendipity. There's just so many But he left his scarf. He left his scarf and she left the bag, right? With the, the gloves. It's also just like, wow, you know, he went through a lot of trouble to get those gloves. I mean. And now you're going to leave them? Are you going to leave them? To be fair, I, I get one of these water bottles maybe once a month and I yeah. leave it almost guaranteed somewhere within seven days <laughs> so I know, they need to put like a tracking device on water bottles I know or for me really most things I took a dance class I left my inhaler I took a I I, I think I need a tracking device on anything I own that's yeah. not an appendage um but anyway so oh yeah so they go back and then they're like want to go do something and then they go ice skating yeah and that scene is probably my favorite scene in the movie because I think it's so honest and so sweet. Uh, they're just having like banter. And I remember they're talking about like favorite movie and he says, cool hand Luke. And um, he's, she's his favorite New York moment. And he says like, this one's climbing the charts. And she's like, I'm flattered. Oh, he's so adorable he's too. so adorable. I think I, I find all the Cusacks to, I, I love Joan. I love oh, John. No. They're just so interesting to watch I think and like have such um effortless humor but also there's there's such a sweetness to them I feel like yeah and there's something so relatable about them yep like you feel like these are just like they feel like friend they're reminiscent of friends you grew up with or something like they're very hometown totally they you're right there is such a relatable quality which I think is another reason that 
I love this rom-com is they just, they do both feel accessible. I mean, do I think Kate Beckinsale is the most stunning human on the earth? Mm-hmm. Yes. And she says something on the bench, which we'll get to, because that's when they talk about Cassiopeia, the like freckles. Yes, please. Yes, we need to talk about that. She talks today. about her teeth and she goes, curse of the English. Oh, yeah. skin, bad teeth, I'm afraid with her absolute. And I'm like, I have bad teeth. Okay. Like I'm like, and I'm not even trying to rag on myself. I'm just, I I cannot believe that line when you look at her twinkly, perfect, perfect teeth that definitely had braces and retainers. They are, they're like at the dentist's office, like the model teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And her <laughs> gorgeous milky skin. I'm like, okay, is that your curse? Yeah, you um, can't, please don't make us think you have low self-esteem because right. it's not going to work. But to, I mean, I will say I do buy their... I buy their partnership in that. And oh, and, and my, I love, and what humanizes her in that moment is I think he says something like favorite sexual position and she's trying to be cute and she, she eats shit. She falls and it's really cute and like something I would probably do on a date. And yeah. it doesn't feel like a fall that's charming. It feels very right. like, kind of an ugly fall. Right? It's not like a Meg Ryan, like cute. No. Like, right. It's an ugly fall. She is really endearing and she is so pretty. She's every, yeah. every guy I've ever known who I'm like, who's your crush? Kate Beckinsale and Jessica Alba always. Yeah. 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 No, she's such, she's got such quintessential, like beautiful brown eyes, gorgeous complexion. Yeah. Just gorgeous teeth. Um, and you don't hate her for some reason. You're just like, but you don't hate her. No, you're right. Maybe it's the British thing. Maybe it's the British thing. And I also just think the character's written in such a way that like, I mean, she's also just such a captivating actress who feels accessible at the same time. I think yeah. both of those characters are written in a way that you're like, I really buy their relationship forming. And I, I buy that these are just two humans in New York. Like I buy uh, Yeah. Um, yeah. And I buy that they have, that they have a real spark. Like it doesn't feel yes. forced. It definitely doesn't feel forced to the point where, yeah, you're, you know that they have partners, but you're like, well, you don't want to let this, I'm glad they're hanging out. Cause otherwise, you know, if play, if done incorrectly, I could see how that whole first portion could be like, they should go home to their people, but you're like, what they have here is very special and should at least yeah. be, you know, they're, it's harmless to explore on that level. But um, yeah, so they have that ice skating scene and then, and that, and then they sit on the bench and then he, tells her about the constellations on her her freckles right yes and, and it's cassiopeia what oh you're looking at my freckles it's the curse of the english i'm afraid bare skin and bad teeth yeah you have great teeth those aren't just freckles if you look closely you can see cassiopeia what? right there hold on a minute All right, here's the story. A long time ago, in Ethiopia, there was this queen named Cassiopeia who thought she was the most beautiful woman in the entire world. And there wasn't anybody in the kingdom who wasn't offended by this woman's relentless vanity. And then one day she really screwed up and offended the gods. I don't remember what she did, and I don't remember who she offended, but it was bad, she crossed the line. (laughs) But anyway, Poseidon, the sea god, punished Cassiopeia by placing her in the heavens upside down in her throne 
stuck for eternity with her skirt around her shoulders and all the blood rushing to her head. And now she's just a constellation in the sky. A bunch of English freckles in the shape of a throne. So she made one tragic mistake. And paid for eternity. Correct. Is Cassiopeia just three in a row? Mm. I think it's three in a row. Well, okay, so what it is, I, I literally know this movie by heart. So I know that the story of it is that it's a woman, a queen oh, who is very, very big headed and to teach her a lesson they like stuck her upside down for eternity so mm. the blood could rush to her head God. so he was outlining the curvature of this woman upside down so i don't know if it's like three mm. yeah it's darker than <laughs> that's intense Dark. it's not less rom-com but yeah, um that's wow that's really interesting I know, and that doesn't really come into play anywhere. I don't really know what the message of Cassiopeia is, other than that maybe that's just yeah. conveniently what her freckles made the shape of. But you um, can like feel him tracing on her. You know what I mean? You can like feel yeah. that. Kind of yeah. And like, oh my God, that feeling of like when you first establish any physical contact with someone that I you're know. having a connection with, I was like, oh, this is Ugh. so, so Like beautiful. just brushing up against that person just like or their first touch yes. like, yeah it's it's uh, so and and also like they don't kiss in any of this which I like too it's like yeah I know later you know it's not it's it's so it, there's obviously you know they mentioned favorite sexual we know like, it's like undeniable know they, that they have that connection but it's but yeah, we know that we, we can picture it but but I feel like the focus is so much more on like what is happening what is this magic so to speak yeah yeah um so that, then they uh, 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 uh so that then is where like i think you lose people because like my cousin for example was like oh, right. well, why don't they just why doesn't she just give him her number and i'm like because serendipity because then the movie is a short film because <laughs> it's so not she, yeah, it's no longer interesting that's literally the premise but i guess after that, you would think like, oh, she writes the number down and then and then a car goes by and it, it and I always think about that moment and it takes the it takes the uh, whisks away her her number. I know. And then she's like fate saying back off. <laughs> I want to say that to somebody and just uh, and telling us to back off just in, not even in a romantic situation, just in an everyday situation. I just want to say that. It's telling us to back off. Yeah. You, you the it's not the same with an American accent. Is no, same. it's not. It's very aggressive. Fate's telling us. They would like lock me up. She can get away with a lot more with her accent. Definitely. She can say things like Fate's telling us to back off. And it's really charming. Yeah. What's that yeah. about? Yeah. You're um, like charmed and scared at the same time. I will say from that point forward, the movie is sweet but you're tense because there's so many almost they almost yes. meet so many times that you're sort of like clenching your fists the whole time well then she goes she the number floats away in the air it's gone forever and then yeah. she like yep. goes she sees like um, a little corner store or whatever and she's like yep okay, yep something and then she goes over there okay this scene is so funny to me though because she like gives him gives a guy money to buy something she picks something and there's a close-up tight shot of chiclets and then she like takes yep. I'm like is this like an advertisement for chiclets it, this was like yep placement 
It's just so funny. Too. Yep. Oh yeah, she. It's like a certs mint, right? Yeah, like certs. Yes, yeah, certs. Not chiclets. Yes, yeah, certs. I was still on yep. the. Yeah. She does a certs mint. Um, but it's like so like perfectly like I'm like okay, am I in a commercial for certs right now? It's very yeah. No, you're right. It's very it's very clean and succinct yeah. and like the whole motion, the sweeping motion of it. And then she writes her number on the change, right? The five dollar bill. Yes. And then she goes and buys. Oh, she goes and puts it in love in the time of cholera. <laughs> yes. At a, 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 a lighthearted book. Street, street uh, book bodegas, if that's yes. a thing. <laughs> yes, a street um, book bodega. Yeah, that's a thing. Street yeah. book bodega. Mm-hmm. And then I list, I could quote everything, but yeah. So she, yeah. So then he's like, what? And then, and then he's like, well, I need something out there. You know, well whatever i don't know what his argument is but then they go into the waldorf plaza or the they go in the waldorf um and this scene drives me nuts that i I will say i know it's like the almost and they they both go to opposite elevators and choose a floor and they both choose the same one but somehow in her universe there's zero people (laughs) in the waldorf and in his universe everyone's stopping including a little kid dressed like the devil. There's a little I was curious. Kid. Is there a Christmas devil thing? That's a really, I don't, I've watched this several times. And I have never even given it a second thought that this kid is dressed like a devil. I'm like, wait a second. You're right. Christmas. Why is he dressed like a devil? I literally don't know. That is so bizarre. Is that some sort of deeper meaning? Like about fate? I Greek tragedy. I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe it. And I was like, that made me think like, are there some religious implications to this? Is there, but I don't, I don't know. I feel like I've heard of the devil popping up before. Maybe it's also just like my kid wanted to dress like this and you know, just let him dress like the devil Harold. If he wants. Right. Um, but that scene drives me nuts because they almost met. I know it could have been over off could have been, but then we wouldn't have had the whole, again, really the whole movie. I know we wouldn't have the whole movie. Yeah. We'd have a short film that would have done well at Tribeca. And right before, yes, it would have done well at Tribeca. It would have probably gotten best, uh, best short. Um, yeah, yeah, Tribeca at least, and maybe South by. Uh, right, right before. Oh, would have done so well at South by. Yeah, right before the elevator sequence starts, she tosses him the glove bag, and she says, uh, "Sarah, my name is Sarah." So he knows her name. Okay, get in, take a breath, and then when the door closes, hit a button. I don't understand this. You don't have to understand. You just have to have faith. Faith in what? Destiny. Hey. It's Sarah. My name's Sarah. Right. And one glove in the bag and she has the other glove. And I always wonder, was that intentional that she kept the other glove or was that accidental that she kept the other glove? Does she think that like when they meet at the top, mm. they're going to be able to reunite the gloves or does she really, take it as like a, a keepsake? It's really about the gloves. I kind of felt like it was intentional. Mm. Like, okay. When we meet up, like, yeah, it felt all part of like the whole fate thing. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. So then it flashes forward like years it says and years, few, right? It says a few years later, but it's definitely like 10 years. Like it, it goes, feels like 10, eight years. They've so. matured a lot. They live, one of them lives in a different city. Yeah. Um, which kind of was like, oh, San Francisco. It also made me think that's another good backdrop for a rom-com. Um, it's like the it flashes forward years. California. Yes, exactly. Only way more hills. And honestly, just the parking alone would scare me, would, yeah. would be a deterrent for me. And I have a friend who lives on a hill in LA. And every time that I park there, oh. I'm like, I'm going to roll down the hill and crash into 10 cars. Oh my God. When I it's first, horrifying. when I first moved to LA, I went to my friend and her boyfriend where they had a house up in the hills. Okay. That sounds like I'm, sounds like I'm showing it. I'm not showing it. Yeah. Um, okay. He was in, <laughs> um, but I like, I went there. My, I had my car shipped there and like, cause they okay. had like a an actual garage. And Got it. I remember getting to LA and like driving up and down those hills. I was like, I'm going to die. This is where I'm going to die. It's oh yeah. Insane. Well, not only the hills are that you're talking about LA. Yeah. Like, you know, like you go up Beachwood and like, yeah. you oh, terrifying. Honestly, I used to do that for a workout. I lived on Beachwood. I've lived in like every corner of LA, but I would walk up and down the hills a bunch of times. Cause I didn't, couldn't afford a gym membership. And I was yeah. like, well, this does it. Oh and yeah. It is, a parking on that is. The hills oh, and like this, you know, seven lanes of freeway traffic are, <laughs> so to me, not a rom-com city. When a rom-com no. starts in LA, I'm bummed and I'm like, I don't buy it. because I have anxiety. Even though I've met my future husband in LA, we met at an improv class. And so I feel like we're the exception because you, act, I think that's like a really wonderful place to meet someone. Cause you're guards down, you're being silly, totally. but I've kind of feel like notoriously LA is a really tricky place to date specifically because like, you can't, there's, there's just like no spontaneity because you can't even go, you can't like see where the night takes you. If you like to drink at all, or if you, if you want right. to be able to walk, both of those things are off out of, uh, they're, they're not an option. Cause you have to just like, okay, well, we're going to drive 30 minutes to this place, have a drink. There's not going to be like jazz that you can walk to or whatever. Um, yeah. There's no pop. You don't have the pop in. To- so exactly. You can't exactly. You can't, what did you say? You can't scoot in anywhere. Scoot in. Yeah. In New York. So and literally they did that, right. They were like, do you want to go do something? And it was yeah. so easy for them to just hop, skip over to do something. I know. Anyway, I feel like yeah. the rom-com in LA would be like all the in-between scenes would be like yelling in traffic. Mm-hmm. getting stressed out yelling at each- and then they would no longer like each other because they would see each other yelling in traffic and getting stressed out exactly exactly um totally so that la is off i guess la la land is one of my only exceptions because yeah. but i think it at least is commenting on the fact that la is this really difficult city where you're drudging through i mean i think yeah. it, the fact that it makes the traffic seem romantic it's like okay i see what i know there. um but uh but okay so so she's in san francisco i'll never forget her outfit i swear it's like half the reason i wear the things i wear now really? she's like on the ferry she's a therapist she has that like beret yes. that's worn not to oh, the top, right. top and this gorgeous like um i always looked for it the fitted trench coat that has like the tie she's got these heeled boots and flared jeans like oh I swear those that's like my favorite outfit of all time like it's uh, I love it a good fall outfit 
It's such a great early 2000s outfit. Yep. Her hair is a little shorter to show. Her hair is adorable. She's got an amazing, honestly, like I'm surprised that wasn't the Rachel because the new Rachel because it's gorgeous. I might honestly, I feel like 90s are very in right now. Even though this movie's from 2000. 2001, but it's like, you know. Oh, that's interesting. So it was 9-11 year, which is interesting. Oh, oh. Um, Only because I just, any movie from that year, I was like, man, we need, whether it was before or after, it was like comforting. Um, That's so interesting because it must have come out a few months after that, which is. I think it was a few months after because you know what? I think it was because I just remember I went to theaters with my mom to see it and it was, there was just such a weird energy yeah. still during that I'm time, sure. of course. Um, yeah. 92, 2002, 2001. Oh my God. And I must've been like 10 or nine. Oh my gosh. Crazy. This must've like really um, formed a lot. Of stuff. I think it formed a lot. Yeah. Um, so she, and so she, in her therapy, right. She's like, he's talking about the one that got away and, and, I, and I just think the writing's so smart. She, they use they use the therapy session to show her evolution, and she's like, "Well, I don't believe in <laughs> the whole time I'm going to be British." She says something like, "I don't I don't believe that like fate is, is something to you know like there'll be more women, there'll be more partners." And he's like, "Are you you really believe that?" And she's like, "I really do." Yeah, she's so I guess now so she's, pragmatic. She's so pragmatic. She she doesn't believe in happenstance anymore the magic it doesn't sound like she's cynical but no is it just grad school I feel like grad school just took it out of her probably and just you know she met someone I think in a more traditional sense right or she stayed we don't know if that's the same partner but I'm I venture to guess maybe because they're both in getting engaged which we're about to see so well I don't know I guess you could some people get engaged after a few months, some people after a few years, but, um, yeah, anyway, uh, I think, yeah, I think just like time and the haircut, <laughs> I think like a lot just yeah. really shifted for her, but so, okay. But when she comes down home, she comes home that night. Yeah. That proposal scene. <sighs> yeah. Let's get into it. Um, so, yeah. Yep. How many little boxes do you think there were? <laughs> right. So she opens the door. She opens the door to what would probably on Zillow be a $7 million home. In oh, Texas. at least there's no ants in that house. No ants. It's gorgeous. Perfectly gorgeous. tastefully decorated. Oh. Beautifully lit. I remember. Okay. Two things. I remember thinking, I love her outfit and I guess I'm going to move to a suburb of San Francisco yeah, because this gonna is going to become a therapist. It, yeah, I guess this is the track I should have taken instead of comedy. Um, and, and she opens the door and I love it. Like in slow-mo, the rose petals kind of part like so dramatic. And she sees this enormous tissue box and yeah, in the box is a smaller box and a smaller box and a smaller box. I would probably what 10 boxes, Uh, a lot of quick cuts of her opening. Yes. And then she finally has like a ring size box. She opens it and it's empty. And cue Aiden from Sex and the City. Cue, what is that actor's name? He's great. John Corbett. John Corbett. John Corbett. I don't, okay. I don't know. because I've heard people say Corbett, but I'm like, I really feel like it's Corbett. Corbett. Ooh, Corbett. Well, John, okay. So John, John, John comes out and he really is the, he's also in United States of Terra and plays like the reliable father and husband. And he's Uh, great in that. So funny that he's fully been pegged as like, uh, just this 
happy to know you. Right. Uh, like, kind of. Um, except in this, he's kind of not that, right? He's like a no. little bit of a narcissist. Yeah. Um, well, he's a still lovely player. He, he plays the pan flute. No, it's not the pan flute. It's like, um, I was about to just act it out. And okay. What is it? Is it uh, not the sitar? No, that's the... Um, Oh, the musical instrument is a zurna. It's a Turkish folk instrument. Mm. So yes, it's, it's this folky kind of like enchanting music. Yeah, that it's very plays. enchanting. I imagine that yeah. he like lived abroad for like he took, yeah. he took a yeah. semester and then he just stayed and then he learned this instrument and came back. It feels back. like he'd be the opener for like Sting maybe. Or, or Sting would bring him on to be like featured on his track. Yeah, um, he played for Sting, yeah. At some point yeah um uh so yeah so we're introduced so that was the first red flag for him it's funny the more the, the different times i watch it i'm like oh i think that he seems okay i think he seems like a fine partner to be with but i think he seems like he even right after he proposes calls his tour manager and fits their honeymoon into the oh. tour and he's like, how Bora Bora? And she's like, very sexy, sexy. But it's like, I don't want to be fit into your schedule. No, uh, he's, he's very narcissistic and yep. just kind of like gross. I just imagine he puts oil all over his body. You're right. Yeah, definitely. Even though he doesn't have a beard, I just thought beard oil, like patchouli. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like much having to wash the pillowcase because sure. he's just got like a lot of patchouli yeah. on all the time. Patchouli for sure. Not Champa. Uh, Yep. And they definitely have like beautiful parachute sheets in that house. Right. I mean, millions so, of dollars. So, <laughs> so, so oh, and the ring doesn't fit. She puts it that's on right. and she keeps licking her finger to try and put it on and it doesn't fit. He can't even get the ring size. Right. Uh-uh. I mean, to be fair, mine was too big, but that was poor Greg had used a prop ring that I've never seen in my life that I guess I used for some one of my sketches and, and I was like that's not my size but he had tried he'd taken what I just I'm not a big ring wearer so that is uh, really funny though that's such a like it, you guys met in improv and then he tries uses it your and prop then he uses size. my prop ring exactly yeah. um but uh no you know what I think the ring was for I think we were trying to get an apartment and my friend was like if you're engaged you're more likely to get an apartment I think I might have bought a ring to pose as if and I think I'd said we were saying fiance during and we got an apartment so you know that is um that is genius I know it worked it made us seem because time and time again even when we're making money because some of what both of us do is like writing or performing on a freelance basis because sometimes I'll write sometimes I'll perform whatever uh that's an undesirable lifestyle for landlords (laughs) right I have an unattractive lifestyle but I'm engaged so that looks great they've got to have money they've got to keep I know or they've got to have it together to some degree Um, yeah so so anyway so yeah so the ring doesn't fit and then and then I guess we cut over to John Cusack's life yes Who's and with another Sex and the City character? She's with I know all partners of Sex and the City. She's with John, Natasha, John's Ugh. first Mr. Biggs. Yes, Mr. Big. A lot, okay, know. a lot of people oh, that we gosh. don't love anymore re- yeah. alluded to in this movie. You know, Jeremy Piven, not great. Oh, um, no, not great. But also, Natasha has nothing to do with Chris Noth. But True. Um, she was just another. But, she was an innocent victim. Yeah. So, but so, 
Jeremy Piven's giving that toast and then you don't yeah. know who they're toasting to. And he's like, I can't imagine a better fit for uh, what Jonathan than uh, Hallie. And then it camera turns around, which I thought was always a good, and then you see her. Yes. Um, and I always thought this was weird. Their rehearsal dinner is at the Waldorf. Oh, it is? Yeah, because they are outside the wall. That is weird. That night, and I would have such a hard time separating myself from that night. I mean, yeah. it so, there's no, New York City has no shortage of beauty. Restaurants. Even their weddings at the Waldorf. Yeah, everything's at the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. That that's very so weird. weird. I don't yeah. know why he would say yes to that. Um. So yeah, they. Maybe they got a discount. Maybe that, yeah, yeah, maybe they got a family discount. It seems like by the looks of that dinner, everyone's making good money. I hate, there's the yes. line that they say that still drives me nuts where they're like, we met in college back when uh, Jonathan finally abandoned his hopes of being a documentary filmmaker. I, rem- I know that line stung. And I was I like, was like oh. maybe if he'd ended up with, you know, Sarah, yeah, he would have followed. followed his bliss i know maybe he was trying to make it back then as a documentary filmmaker it just was so i i think little cues like that speak to i think that's also the beauty of the film is that it's like all these choices that we make the partners that we're with the company we keep the the like the life we surround ourselves by in our own lives helps dictate the things we do as well totally Um, but that totally stuck with me because i was like Maybe he did want to do that, you know? I felt really, I know. I was like, I want you to go and pursue that, Jonathan. Yeah, and who knows? You know, in the end, when they reunite, maybe he's a documentary filmmaker. Uh, I would love that. I feel like her backstory is less, you you don't know as much. I, I felt more sympathetic for her because she didn't seem inherently bad in any way or like she seem to really love him and um yeah I imagine was really blindsided when it didn't work out but I, I know guess. I actually did I felt bad for her too and but alternatively so like what what'd you say she's also so typecast as well it's like she's always, always is like the partner that gets betrayed but it was so crazy to me is that sh- that happened to her in real life too with Tom Brady oh <gasps> you're Remember? right and he ended up with Giselle yes Giselle and she was pregnant she like I think he like left and then she called him a few months later and was like I'm pregnant oh my god so I find it so interesting like when people are typecast I'm like well I guess it's like why you know what I always think about like art imitating life in a really sad was Liam Neeson in love actually losing his oh my god I know partner I know and how I still think about that I know. And I can't believe that people would ever ski without helmets. I think that that was like, the because I'm trying to learn how to ski as an adult now. And it's like so dangerous. Yeah, yeah, it is. To just sort of, I mean, I imagine that they were far more athletic and, and, uh, but when you're doing the difficult runs, you're guarding all these trees. (laughs) So crazy. And I think another, I'm blanking on their name. I, a French performer, French actor just passed away really young from a skiing accident. Um, uh, didn't crazy. Sonny Bono die or get into an accident from skiing too? Maybe. Anyway, I love that this has taken <laughs> such a dark turn. But okay, guys, if there's one thing you take away, wear a helmet when you ski. Wear a helmet when you ski, please. Um, yeah, her, her backstory though, I felt her, 
with Aiden's, I'm just going to say Aiden and Natasha because it's yeah, easier. Please. It's, yeah. Um, with Aiden's, it was like, uh, he's kind of a narcissist. With hers, yeah. it was like, oh, she just wants him to tell her that she's the only woman in the world for him. And he I kind of can't do it, you know? I know. And like, she noticed that he always looks for that book. Yes. <gasps> so then, then begins the quest on both of their yes. ends. Yes. Kind of, I well, don't she- know what sets it off, but. I feel like I remember, I can't, I feel like there was something else that I forget that mm-hmm. set Sarah off, but then she sees like yeah. a Luke poster somewhere. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember why she's like, it's the she proposal. decides that she's going to go on a trip to, yeah, it's the proposal. And I think that probably sends her into a tailspin and she says she's gonna, she just needs a trip to clear her head. And that's where we meet Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon works at like a holistic store, but she, you know, with like manifestation candles. Yeah. uh, But she doesn't uh, believe in it. But she doesn't believe in any of it. it. Uh, I love her character. I want a show about that character. I know. I just, and that she's so inspiring because there for so many years, she was just like the two scene, three scene and things. Right. She's such a show stealer, no matter what she's in. Um, And she always makes the most of, uh, but she kind of leads her friend to go. She um, on false pretenses. She doesn't really give her the full story. She thinks she's just taking her on a birthday trip. And then when they arrive at the at, in New York and they're in the taxi, um, Molly Shannon's like, "Okay, where are we going?" And uh, Kate Beckinsale's like, "Take us anywhere." And then I think she realizes, like, "Oh, you're up to your shit again." Yeah, um, here we go again with your serendipity stuff. Yeah. So clearly this is, I think, yeah, you're right. I think it's been like seven or eight years and both friends have had to deal with them trying to hunt these people down for a long yeah. time, which yeah. does beg the question, why was it meant to be now? Right. Why weren't, why didn't serendipity bring them together years before? Right. What was serendipity Why did it take doing? a proposal? I mean, realistically, I feel like if you're with someone and then it becomes real with a proposal or something. Then you start thinking about, I feel like in general, you start thinking about all the people it didn't work out with and like what could have been point. Yeah. That's a really good point. It is like, it does sort of your whole dating archives flash before your eyes and you're like, Oh shit. This is a level of commitment. That's this isn't moving in. This is like, this is it um legal this is on paper so yeah maybe maybe it's like but I, yeah I'd never thought of that until now that that yeah this was the time that it stuck this was the time that they were really meant to find each other um before they maybe just before they st- completely settled with yeah settled, but before they started a life with someone else um so yeah so we get to see them both like going to the city navigating the city they again barely missing each other like she'll she'll go where he just was or was the day before. At one right. point, he goes to a golf range. So now I, I, no, I what was that? What was okay, the so his, golf range thing? His new job, I guess, is he like helps produce sports segments for like ESPN. Um, which, if you ask me, is such a boring straight job. Oh God, I know. Ew, nothing says like boring straight guy like. <laughs> yeah, like sport, sport anything sport producer. yeah totally. i don't know go back to documentary filmmaking so please but she goes and she sees someone that has sort of that kind of ugly let's be real that was a very 90s haircut that john cusack had that's the of one like half mullet oh god it was terrible yeah. but anyway 
she touches the bench and there's gum on the back of the bench and it's he had put the gum there which I thought was really gross that is so funny that as an adult he put the gum there and then she finds it yeah yeah. yeah, why did he put why was he even chewing? Probably because he's a sports producer and not a documentary filmmaker. And, and he so got into gum. Sports. And so he's doing gum. things like that. Yeah, he's just like always you just it's just very like jock lifestyle of him. Yeah. Um, but so they're kind of just like circling around each other. Is he writing about golf or was he golfing there? I feel like this scene- I think it was filming a golf segment. Okay. Yeah. Somebody was golfing and I think he was like by the camera making sure they got the shot or whatever. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. Sports sports jargon here. Yeah. Um, Gotta say the the golf of it all. The golf of it all did lose me a little, but I I think he's not a golfer. I think that he films these segments. He doesn't seem like a golfer because that would have lost me immediately. Nothing less sexy to me than golf. No completely boring Never mini golf fun good day sure. mini golf is adorable bring, bring a i you know bring a cider or yeah. you know bring a seltzer that's fun not the full game no no reason any game has to be that long and no reason that you need to have like a little helper following you around i don't know it all just feels very like antiquated and strange yeah it's very pampered it's like a very pampered yeah. sport yeah i mean one could argue so is skiing i <laughs> i never skied growing up and and going with my uh partner's family has been like oh my god you have got to be you have to be making money to even do this for like a day which is why we yeah, that's were true funding that trip um but it was a a total luxury but I was like oh there's certain things golf included that just a lot of people just simply can't even try and see yeah but I'm like at least with golf with skiing I'm like oh it's there's something thrilling about it but with golf it's so boring um yeah it's so unsexy very unsexy so anyway but I think yeah I think he's not a golfer um he's just golf adjacent I think he like Uh, plays basketball in the summer in his neighborhood yeah I love that I love that like shirts versus skins and he's just like you know like a little sweaty in the park yeah I like to think he keeps fit by doing fun things like that yes like a lot of male friends which is really cool and rare um but he has like a great community and and yeah like I love he goes to his like neighborhood basketball court that's great yeah I I love that for him yeah, me too. Maybe he does like jogs sometimes, but he's not yeah. through the park not, when he like, feels like it. His biceps in the mirror because that's also no. the least sexy thing to me possible. Oh God, um, is sort oh. of like yeah, which I feel like Aiden's character would Definitely. probably be more likely to do. Um, he probably is doing a lot of hot yoga. <laughs> oh, he like invented hot Bars. yoga. So, like he's like a founder yeah. of like a yeah. yoga company in San Francisco, which is so problematic in its own right. Right, totally. that he thinks totally. he's the founder of yoga, um, but here he is playing a Turkish <laughs> instrument. You know, I think he's yeah, here he is having a real identity crisis here. Um, so yeah, so they are all they like circle each other so many times. Then they well. They oh wait, when did they get the Prado wallet? Oh, they get they get tangled up in um the golf. That's how they should go to the golf range. Is there's like someone handing out golf flyers and the oh, dog right. circles them, and that same dog circles John Cusack at another point, and then they're on the street and she yeah uh, Molly Shannon's like Prada and Kate yes. Bush, so I was like 
that's a horrific knockoff. At least mine says Pradai, yours says Prado. Um, and so they end up, right, switching wallets. Yeah. I want that's a wallet really. that says Prado. But didn't it make you love them that they're buying these knockoffs on the street? Like, I was yeah. like, oh, that's, they're, it just, they just, again, accessible, relatable, like, yeah, sweet, totally. Lovely. And so excited um, about it. And so excited about it. Uh, so I think at one point, like, John Cusack and Jeremy Piven have gone all the way to San Francisco to find her. Well, she tracks down. Natasha gives John that's that right. book. She's As like, a groom's an... gift. And he's just given up. He's like, I give up. I'm not going to keep looking, you know? That's right. He'd finally thrown in the towel. And then she gives him the groom's gift. And that is such a beautiful moment. You see so much happening for him. He's so oh, emotional I because know. on the one hand, it's like, I can't give up. I'm also, she's also, it's, she's very sweet oh, for so doing painful. that. There's such a layered painful moment. And she probably thinks like, oh, I did really well. You know, I gave him, I know. And he gets in the taxi and he shows Jeremy Piven and it's like, <sighs> okay, we're getting on the plane. I love um, that moment in the taxi. Cause they both just look like Jeremy Piven's character oh, is so shocked. And so crazy. It's just a very emotional scene. Cause they have, they have such chemistry, Jeremy Piven and John. They Cusack. really do. They it's really, really so do. good. Like they've been in so many movies together and they just have this like great chemistry. And then my favorite part of the entire movie is when you see her phone number. Uh-huh. And it's five, 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 one, zero. Wow. I did not even clock that. I mean, I know in movies they use the five, five, five. Yes. Yes. But I'm just like, John, didn't you try this? You know what I mean? Like, didn't you try? Right. You didn't go through like all the numbers. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. And you saying that just reminded me that we're almost forgetting about my favorite character in the movie is Eugene Levy. Oh my God. Yes. And, and why does he, oh, he goes to turn in the receipt to see if they can track down her name that way. Right. Um, But in order to get the records, he makes him buy this like $700 suit. Purple Uh, suit. Purple suit. Again, Eugene Levy in like two scenes in that and just such a show stealer. There's that's, I think they inject so much funny, funny, funny into- Yeah, they do. To offshoot like what could be too cheesy. I think it just like keeps you laughing. And also Jeremy Piven and Eugene Levy and John Cusack have such great chemistry together. Totally. Uh, yeah. They uh, do. Uh, so, okay. Yeah. So sorry. We'll jump forward. So they go, they go to San Francisco and, and Jeremy Piven does this whole uh, speech about how he's leaving his partner because he doesn't have the heart. He doesn't, he, and he's like, you're a jackass. And I actually and he's like excuse me and it's actually a term of endearment like he's like you know you're throwing caution to the wind and you're just going for it and and uh it's so sweet and I yeah I really do think they have such great chemistry but then they show up at Sarah's house and okay I've had a debate with this about this with friends um that say that so they see the silhouette of someone in the window having sex with a very hot partner um uh, perfectly lit really well lit perfectly lit movie. and I think it looks just like Kate Beckinsale it looks exactly they like look like twins yeah and my sister was like oh I wouldn't think that I'm like it's in her house why would you ever think it was someone else um yeah. even if it did even if it looked less like her but she was a brunette with um 
And so they, and she looks really happy, you know, her sister. It's also like hard to go knock on the door when you see that happening to like check if that's her, you know, it's sort of like, I wish he had though, but I mean, I'm glad he didn't, but like, you know, it feels, she looks exactly like her down to the teeth. Exactly like her. And her partner in that is a friend of mine, Kevin Rice, um, really wonderful actor who passed away very sadly. Oh, but, I'm um, sorry. Love him. No, it's okay. Um, but love him and uh, was in The Woodsman with him in like 2004. So it's oh. crazy, crazy full circle. But he, they, he, you know, in that scene, you really do believe that they are in love. Like I get why he wouldn't pursue it beyond that. Oh yeah. Um, they look like they're very happy. Yeah. Yeah. So they, isn't it crazy? You're like, oh my God, they went to California. So then he goes all the way back. Oh, I know it's so exhausting. Yeah. And what's crazy is that they're still trying to get to the wedding. And I'm like, right. do you really think you should be getting married at this point? Right. Like, Even if you haven't found her, it's like, you know what? Maybe call it off. It's- maybe call it off. <laughs> but so, so, okay. So then the other connect is that Molly Shannon runs into uh um Jonathan's fiance and she was her RA in college and she invited to the wedding and she goes to the rehearsal and she's like waving at her from the um and so she's sticking around to go to the wedding and Sarah's leaving um but actually no Sarah doesn't leave for Sarah still hasn't given up hope by the end does she no I also feel like part of her will is that she just does not want to marry John Corbett. You know, she just so badly clearly does not. She likes the house. She clearly does not. Mm. No, I I, I do think she loves him. I do not think she's in love with him. No. Um, And I don't, I didn't feel that bad for him because I don't think it'll register with him one way or another. Like, I know he loves her, but I think he's so busy that He'll, be he'll find someone else and he'll find someone else that maybe is happier to like uh, be more accommodating in that, like that, that, cause she really values her job. And I feel like he didn't really hold space for her to no. Have, you know, at some point he's like, you can reschedule on your patients. And it's like, oh, not patients. No. Uh, no, he'll meet someone at yoga yeah, and like, yeah, he'll never exactly, think about her again. Exactly. Um, but right. So she, she tries to go to the wedding to, to like speak her piece. She yeah. Over to the Waldorf and I love that scene and she gets there and it looks like the wedding's already happened there's like right. a guy oh and the guy up. yeah um and she's like is it over and he's like yeah it's over and you see her crying and then she's leaving and he's like but don't worry you'll get your present back which I thought was such good writing and she's it like, was what? and he's like uh um they always send the gifts back is it over? The truth is it never begun. And then she's like, you see her crying. And it gets like the same moment as John Cusack has with the book where they're crying for so many different reasons. Cause it's like, Um, Oh, this is real. Like fate is real. I'm not uh, imagining. I also think that character is like not a real human being. I feel like he like, can't like just yeah there. he felt like he walked out of a keen peel sketch and was like yeah yeah very much in another universe um, yeah totally yes you're right I feel you're right I feel like he was actually like a magical implant in that totally like, you're right he was magic he doesn't he's never he hasn't worked in in the Waldorf in 40 years that no one's seen him Carl he hasn't most- worked here in 40 40- like- Carl died hanging up chairs in <laughs> he died in a freak out right chairs he had a voice like from another time he's like <laughs> are you friends with the bride or the groom 
Like it was like, are you from Yonkers, the Bronx? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so, so then she sends, you know, she says goodbye to Molly Shannon and, and she's like, Molly Shannon's like, what are you going to do? She's like, I'm just going to be here, you know? Uh, and, Mo- and Molly's like, like, you should just, yes. Molly's yeah. like on board now. Yeah. She's like, yeah. Okay. And that, so that's the scene where it's supposed to be cold, but it's actually right. Like 80 degrees or something. Yeah. Molly um, says you, need, you should put on a jacket. Well, so yeah. Kate Beckinsale's outfit in this scene is confusing to me. What I don't love it. I don't love it. It's very, very different from the outfit I described. In very, very. It's sort of these like very oversized shirt. And then it's like, I if you feel like it was like your, clogs. Yeah. Oversized pants, oversized button down. It's it's like, if you had lost your luggage and someone let you close, <laughs> yeah. like a yeah, young it man. feels like, it feels like, yeah, a young man. And then she had to do the belt to the high. She had to even like tie the belt to make sure that it worked. Yeah. yeah it's very, it's interesting. It's but also interesting the beauty choice. of it is that they don't neither one of them are super put together and ready for each other when they, yes, that's true. You know? Yeah. Um, so so, you know what, you know, where she realizes that she left it was she'd left her coat on the bench at the park because she'd gone with Aiden. She'd gone with Lars and she tried to show him and she takes her, I always do this for my partner. She looks at the sky (laughs) and she's like, and he's still on the phone with his manager or some shit planning Um, going to Abu Dhabi and then we're going to Bora Bora. And then she's like, stars the stars in the sky it's Cassiopeia and uh and he doesn't clock it he doesn't there's no magic there but she goes back and she sees her coat right and then adorable coat love that coat no she doesn't see her coat right that goes back sorry John Cusack goes back he's just canceled his wedding presumably Bridget is so we don't even see because we don't see Bridget's reaction. We, we imagine, never see. You know, we're left life. to wonder that she's in shambles. But better that right than to have married someone. Definitely. That, yeah, like she'll absolutely find someone. Um, but he takes the coat and he and he uses it as like a headrest and he lies on the yes the, on the ice for like hours because you see the passage of time. Yeah, and it starts snowing. Starts snowing and then uh the most beautiful song that's actually going to be my wedding. A lot of the soundtrack is going to be my wedding. Cause to me, it like, is such a quintess. Like, I just think, love yeah, that song. Oh, totally. It's, a, isn't it like Nick, is it Nick Drake? Nick Drake. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the glove. Okay. And let's talk about the physics of that. Yeah. It's... The glove comes from the sky directly <laughs> from the directly heavens, down. directly down. Somehow the wind, somehow she knew to throw it up and then the wind would sort of she's all okay he's in the middle of the rink she's at this entrance which is perpendicular yeah far you would need a hell of a throw and to understand like she would have had to lick her finger clock the 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 direction of the winds anyhow in any case it that's the rom-com gust of air to then land right on his face right 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 um right so <laughs> so yeah like, so all I can imagine is that she ran over there threw and it on ran, and back. ran back because she yeah. knew it would be far more impactful for him to see her at the entrance right yeah and even though her outfit you know i think we can agree is questionable somehow yeah. she's been running around all day 
she's got the dewiest, most beautiful, uh, like windswept hair. She just looks so gorgeous. And, and they see each other and, oh my God, I always just burst into tears at that moment. It's so sweet. And they just like slowly walk towards each other. Right. Yeah. And they don't even kiss at first. They just like touch hands. Yeah. Again, it's just like, that physical touch. Yes. Like, are you real? Are you really here? Yeah. And kind of like, isn't in Sleepless in Seattle, they just kissed the one time. In the yeah. Night. It's sort of similar to that ending yeah. where they just, they're like in awe of, of each other. Each other. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I could see how it definitely was inspired by elements of that. And then when they kiss, it's so like, oh my God, this is all of our first time seeing them kiss. And um, and it's so sweet and like tender. And I love a camera that goes, it goes, does like a 360 yeah, around them. We need it. Especially um, in the ice skating rink. Yes. And then we cut to them at the department store. Well, Eugene Levy. With Eugene Levy. And they're trying to get the gloves. And they couldn't leave themselves any time to get them. They had to go as it was closing. No, they were, yeah. They, they're not great with time. We've no, learned. but also they're so in love. They're probably just like always making love and totally. like meandering that they can't, they're never on time. And their friends are like, we get it. You guys spent 10 <laughs> years trying. We get it. I, we wish that we had your relationship. Serendipity. And, and that's, and that's the magical serendipity. And her hair is longer. So we know it's been like time is past. Time is and past. They probably shot that with the first footage yeah the beginning right portion right yeah yeah we see varying degrees of length from kate's hair her hair is longer i feel like his is shorter in yeah the end. and he's probably cut. back to documentary filmmaking i hope no more golf and she is only telling her clients fate <laughs> all of her therapy <laughs> she's therapizing and she's you- just telling them like yeah. You just need to go to the Chrysler building. You just need to be there. <laughs> she's she's a, definitely, she's a, uh, yeah, she's definitely not her old tricks. Definitely not helping her clients with magical thinking. Definitely not helping with Certainly that, not. that disorder. Yeah. Certainly not. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah. I want to think, I want to say so that, good. She, that she becomes, well, this was 2001, but if it were today, she would become a, th- what do they call it? Thought leaders? Glennon O'Doyle, maybe. Yeah, you're right. You're right. She'd write a book. Kind of be in like the what's it called? Oh my, um, it's like a patrillion dollars, kind of like Tony Robbins adjacent, right? Um, things like that on a stage. Like Tony Robbins movie. workshop. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. But How somehow she'd make let it. Let love screen. choose you. How to let love find you? Exactly. And yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> it wouldn't work for everyone. But it worked no. for her. No, she will at least write a bestseller about this experience. Oh, for and it'll sure. be in the self-help aisle. Definitely. Yeah. She'd yeah. have a nice book signing. Yeah. And it's she'll a- be an ambassador for Invisalign. Uh oh, I hope yes. Because of That's her great. fair skin and bad teeth. Yeah. Um finally gets yeah. teeth fixed. Exactly. Oh, so good. Such it a good, so movie. good. It's such it is like a totally joyous, feel good movie and it's so fast such a like quick pace and such a quick pace I know it's like a crisp that is a pet peeve when I think for me when rom-coms overstay their welcome I'm like know what you are you're a rom-com right no we don't want two hours and ten we want honestly like a hundred minutes max for me 
is Absol- like that's already oh your like nine yes i agree i agree the 90 minutes nine, i think is i think minutes. this one's like i think it's almost exactly 90 minutes yeah. like i love the movie something's got to give and oh, every time God. I watch it, the last 30 minutes, I'm like, this is too long. It's just a little too they, long. You know what we don't need from that? A little movie? too long. We didn't need to see the play, mm. you know? We didn't need to see No, that. and we didn't need her to go to Paris for that long. I don't right. think. You know, I, I, but also, God, I could talk about that movie. I love Keanu Reeves. Mm, oh. That and I love. I love Keanu Reeves. Love me some oh. Diane Keaton. Oh, yeah. I love a love story where they're not 25. Oh, same. But I so yeah. badly want her to be with Keanu Reeves in that movie. I have to oh say. Oh my God. Me too. I mean, I know. At the end, I was like, <sighs> yeah. But maybe Jack Nicholson. I mean, sometimes I confuse <laughs> Jack Nicholson's characters in rom com, and I think that he's as good as it gets, Jack Nicholson, which is like uh, actually a monster. I rewatched that, and I'm like, why the fuck would Helen Hunt end up with this monster? No, it's real. Um, who's like anti-Semitic and yes. horrible and verbally abusive and yeah. doesn't treat people in the service industry with any respect. I'm like, he should have been kicked horrible. out the first day he pulled that shit. If I was a waitress, which I've been, I would have been like, uh-uh, get out. But she's got a lot more patience than yeah, I do. She's a, and she's like a saint and he's a horrible- She's monster. such a saint. Yeah. I feel like their relationship probably lasted a month, but at least it Definitely. opened her up to the possibility of dating. I, I hope it only lasted a month. Me too. One can only hope. Yeah. I hope she married a doctor, to be honest. I hope she like married. I hope she married Keanu Reeves. Something's got to give. Yes. Oh my God. It was. Yes. Oh, that's a fun idea that. to pair up couples from different. Yeah, yeah. that is. That's a nice match. Yeah. I like yeah, that. That's a good match. Yeah. You were saying that you had a bit of a serendipity with your fiance. I did. Yeah. Well, I mean, we met in this class. Unfortunately, we both had partners, but oh. we met and it was like, oh my gosh, uh, it feels like serendipity. So, um, yeah, so we ended that and then <laughs> this. Yeah. Right, right. I feel like it happens more than we talk about or like to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I think so too. Um, uh, yeah, we, it felt serendipitous in that like when we met, it was just super magical and like we crossed paths in a bunch, like through that community for years. But yeah. I feel like as soon as we, it just was like such an electric, wonderful connection. It felt like such a, oh, we're meant to be here. Um, even if not to continue on in this program, we're meant to meet and continue yeah. on a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I always, I ask everybody like if they've ever had a rom-com experience, which that's, you might've had a different one. I feel like, well, I've had rom-com experience, like traveling the world, you know, I traveled, uh, I traveled in my early twenties and I don't know if this is a rom-com, this would probably be more of like an edgy indie movie, oh. but I met these like two uh, gorgeous Italian men. And then like, we befriended each other on the Grand Canyon hike. And then I went on a date with like both of them at the same oh. time. And I was like, this would be a cool rom-com. I love that. Um, rom. That is such an indie rom-com. I can see the cover. Yeah. It was really great. And then we met on the Bright Angel Trail and like they called me a Bright Angel. I was just like very, it was very, I had only experienced very, to, to, to experience European men for a second was like, oh wow, this is what romance feels like. Oh, it was, I know. I was very taken aback. It was, yeah, it was amazing. It's a really, it's a really nice thing to experience. I dated, um, well, he was Albanian, but he lived in Greece when I was in Greece. And 
it's just really nice. It's also nice to date someone who doesn't speak the same language. It is. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Oh my God. I can't believe, I think that I literally just pulled this quote from Emily in Paris, which is cringe, but <laughs> I like, I really, my favorite part of that show, even though I don't like the character is the character of her boss, because she's in this show called call my agent, these Persons, which is like the French entourage and it's on Netflix and it's so good. Oh. Um, but watching them, watching them navigate life as agents in French, there's something so much more palatable about it to me than an entourage to be yeah. fair too. It's so much less. I feel like entourage was super sexist and oh, uh, yeah. I had a lot of issues with it, but this version is, um, uh, there's like such a romance to it, but anyway, Sylvie's character in Emily in Paris, I think she says, I'm, I'm <clears throat> kinder when I speak Italian because she's a very harsh personality and it's like, yeah, Italian is very, there's such a musicality to it. It's very sexy. It's very, yeah. Um, it has like um, a rhythm. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, that's yeah. Very interesting to think about the different people we are depending on as we pick up new languages. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's also just so, rom it's more, can be more, more romantic dating someone who speaks where that, that you don't speak the same language. Oh, yeah. It, there's more of a body connection and like body language and no, totally. I think that that's such a, um, I felt that like when I went on that date, it was like, we were kind of clunking our way through the meal, trying to figure out, you know, figure out how to communicate. But I also grew up uh, my dad's Dutch and I grew up going to Holland as a kid. And we, it, I think that like, is where my love of physical comedy came from was yeah. It was this universal language we could all speak was like, well, how can we make each other laugh with our bodies and with our faces? And Oh, that's um, so interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, and also just, I think dating in the U S versus it, it's not more it's clinical. Not I think it's pretty clinical. Yeah. yeah. And it's pretty like you meet and you medic work and you, and you, and you go to book club and you have friends with your coworkers and da -da 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 -da, you know, it's all clinical. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like all these rules. I feel like there's just more rules. I don't know. It's just not as romantic. I feel like in our culture, No, which I think is why rom-coms spend such little time focused on their jobs. <laughs> yeah. And like even devil wears Prada is really weird to rewatch because he's like guilting her for caring about her job a lot, but I'm like, that's just like, I dislike that That's, character. I know Adrian Grenier in that. I'm like, why aren't you being a supportive partner right now? No, why are you all her... throwing her phone around? Like, I know she's already being tormented by her boss. Yeah. That's a movie that for me didn't super hold up because of how mean it was. Yeah. Really hard to rewatch. But I guess that's not really a rom-com. That one's more like job, job focused. That's more of a um, job com, I guess. It's a job com. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Well, do you believe in fate? Like, do you believe in fate and destiny and serendipity? And have you ever had even a non-romantic serendipitous experience? I don't know that I've had a serendipity. Like, I don't know that fate has worked itself into my life. And it's not that I don't believe in it though. I do believe in like soulmates. I, I believe that they're out there for us. I believe, I believe that there's something cosmic going on, but I also have a hard time subscribing to, because by that metric, then it's like, we would all go to the psychic all the time. And yeah. then if it doesn't go that way, then we're disappointed. So I feel like 
as, as much as we can trust that things are working out and also not expect everything to happen for us. It's like, I feel like two things, you have to work hand in hand, right? I think magical things can happen, but I also think you have to help facilitate those things and invite those things in. Um, right. And like, put yourself out there. If that makes sense. I think it's uh, like, I think it's like, um, what Oprah said, <laughs> where, what Oprah say? um, where it's, um, something like destiny meets hard work or something like that. Like luck mm-hmm. opportunities where I might be making this start opportunities where yeah no destiny begets that I like that I think that that and yes I feel like really amazing things have come my way when I'm just much more intentional about where I'm putting my energy uh right and and my friend just said this to me yesterday um she was like the more specific we can get on like what what fate would look like for us so it's not just like this abstract of happiness it's like well what are the tangible things um I think that helps attract those things in I feel like I can be guilty of kind of this all or nothing mentality right and it's like what have I even gotten clear on what it is that I want right going my way I'm like did I want that anyway so I think getting really specific about what you're trying to invite in and doing everything you can to make that happen then I do think the magic comes into play, but I think it, I don't think it comes without work on your end personally. Yeah. I think you have to put yourself in the way of destiny and of yeah. fate so that it can uh, unravel for you. Yep. I definitely have felt that with um, like comedy friends or people that I've Mm. collaborated with. I mean, some people not, I'm like, well, this was just a whatever, but I feel like there are certain people that I've met or like collaborators that I've had where I'm like, oh, this feels like we were supposed to meet up. Do you know what I mean? Like totally. I mean, I definitely feel that with my partner and with my friends where I'm like, oh, there was a reason that we all encountered one another. I also feel like my sister and I, there's like a weird serendipity at my family. Like we'll oh, really, really mirroring things and be across the globe and find out that we were really synced up in ways. That really? We, so I think that that, I think there's magic there too. Or I also just maybe think that there's like a connectedness that um, if we're not like t- tuned in, we kind of miss. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What was one with your sibling that you remember? Just like whenever we're going through emotional things, like be it something really positive or like super negative, we're almost always like clockwork to the day in alignment, which is always so oh, interesting like that we're just like, right, you know, um, so that's been very healing to know that we're kind of always really, that feels serendipitous that it's like, we can help each other in those moments. Um, yeah, like totally. Our way out of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that's just because we share blood, but. Yeah. But I feel like there's some, yeah, but there's something, there's some like deeper connectedness there. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, it's funny in the very beginning of it, I was thinking, oh, I could never date somebody like this. Like her, Mm. like Sarah, I could never date a guy who was like, I would, that would drive me insane. Honestly, me too. I think it would be really off-putting. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that doesn't like. Yeah. It's funny. If you took, if you took them out of the movie, like would they be exactly my no but um yeah I, I've definitely had friendships where I felt like it was a little too woo woo in that way um yeah 
but I think like a happy medium. But otherwise, there would that wouldn't have that movie magic, right? Um, I think they both have to be these extremes of these types of people. Uh, but I think that would drive me nuts. You said you saw this when you were ten. Yeah. I ask like, do you feel like this, or just rom coms in general, like skewed you, or changed, like altered your perception of what life would be? I think it's impossible for them not to. Uh, I think just movies and media and shows in general did. Like mm-hmm. it just, I think it, it's impossible for it not to skew what you think dating should look like. It's like all we had, you know, I had Corey and Topanga growing oh, right. up to learn from and like Fresh Prince and um, uh, Sex in the City. And, yeah. you know, I think in some ways it did, but I also think it's like a, a nature and a nurture thing, right? It's like, yeah. and then I also had like family that help influence those things and the, and the relationships that you see in your own parents. And, um, but I definitely think it, it infiltrated my brain um, to a degree. Uh, and I love fantasy for that. Re- like, I love the magic. I've always, since I was a kid, loved that. Um, yeah, I think like, there's toxic things that we've taken from it too. Like the games that we feel like we have to play. Right. You know? um, but, but yeah, that's, I think that's, again, why I liked a movie like this is it doesn't follow like the typical gamer pattern, you know? Yeah, true. And it's like, he's chasing her just as hard as she's cha- like, I, I like that yes. there's like an equal playing field. Cause I, I don't love this like damsel complex. Right. It's always like the weaker female archetype um that I feel like I didn't love being raised seeing that and also I feel like for like all the 90s and the better part of the 2000s it was like it's all for a proposal a proposal a proposal and that's great right. and all but like who cares you know um and even this I guess was like proposal proposal but I just I feel like we're aging out of that a bit um mm-hmm. and I think the rom-com for better is becoming just more about people um right, but I definitely think I think that that is a big reason I was like, oh, you get married because rom-com said so, you know? Oh, right. It was like um, the thing that you do. Like, that's just something you do. You don't even exactly. think about it. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But I agree. Yeah. I love how this one, it felt like a rom-com for men equally as it yes. felt, yeah. It felt it, like anybody's rom-com. Like it yeah. feels like you could plug this in for anybody. It didn't, yeah, feel, totally. and I, I think I like that it didn't feel I mean, here's the thing. It is like deeply cisgendered and is deeply yeah. white. And yes. there's literally no person of color in this movie. And that's a, definitely a big issue with it. But I would love to see a movie like this done again uh, uh, from a super different POV. Yeah. Um, yeah. Different love story. Uh, um, because I just think if you took the same skeleton, it would just be fun to see on anybody. I agree. Yeah. yeah. There could even be like vignettes of this yeah. premise yeah um well thank you so much oh my gosh for... thank you this was a blast yeah this was so fun I've seen this movie before but it's like it's always so fun to watch with like a critical eye yes and yeah and you even that. introduced me to th- like the phone number that I'm like they really wouldn't have tried that <laughs> after 10 years no um but yeah it was it's always so fun to relive that film I love it so much and it it restores my belief that there's somebody for everybody. Nothing's gonna stop me. Gonna work till I am dead. Nothing's gonna stop me. Oh wait, I fell in love instead. <laughs>